the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about investing. We can talk about retirement. Are you prepared? Are you having a good year? You should be having an okay year. Uh, it depends on if you're skewing to safety and not taking much risk. And your returns are going to be lower. If you're skewing for growth, your returns are probably going to be higher this year unless you made a bet that didn't quite work out, per se. Now, inside this environment, there's always going to be things to think about. Um, technology, demographics, uh, overall economic trends. Um, are we in a world of tighter regulations or lo- lesser regulations? Are we in a, the world where... Small media companies can get together and partner up and take on the bigger media companies and kind of get the idea. What's the regulatory environment there? I think one area that I really like uh, talking about enormously and thinking about is technology. And everything's being affected by digital technologies now. I saw a commercial for a healthcare HMO. I was like, yes, now with this app. You can find a doctor anywhere near you. So it's it's an HMO. It's a company that you're paying money for. And instead of... So it's a digital app, and instead of paying a secretary or a, a call center to answer the call about finding a doctor nearest you, they're, they're doing it now. They're automating it. Fascinating, right? That brings up questions for me of like, well, maybe they're pushing the doctors that have the lower, lowest amount of reimbursements. or it, it's, it's a little bit on the scary side. So autonomous car road tests, we're seeing that f- quicker and quicker now. Starting to hear about Uber doing it. Uh, we heard about Google for years. We've heard about Tesla kind of just doing it on their own. Um, instead of testing, they're just like, go live with it. You know, buy the feature. Um, now that's 2020 is when everyone's talking about driverless cars. 
And I think you're going to see more of it. I remember when my father was dying 20 years ago. Uh, he was in a hospital that had robots driving around the hospital delivering medicines. Same kind of idea. Again, elimination of a job. Snapchat and Amazon this year are starting to rattle the digital ad space. I think that's one of those tech stories that uh, we have to continue to focus on. There was a point in time where you used to go to Google and search for best energy drink or best TV. Um, and you'd try to find reviews. And now you're just going to Amazon and saying TVs. And you put in your price point and look at the user reviews of, you know, which one gets the highest amount of stars. And ta-da, winner for a lot of people. Which is interesting, right? So Amazon has its own little search business. Plus, if you take a look at what Amazon does now, is the top three things that they result, re, show you in results are ads. So they're getting in that digital ad space more and more. I think, obviously, the grocery industry is making a move online. Um, I've got something. What is it called with Amazon? Is it called Marketplace? No, it's not called Marketplace. Um, let me see if I can find it on my phone over so quick. Oh, my subscribe and save. So once a month, I get things delivered to my home, whether it be paper towels, whether it be toilet paper, uh, toothpaste. And every time I click on something, it gives me another 5% all the way up to 15% off. And then I have a credit card with Amazon that gives me 5% off. So loyalty rewards are becoming more and more important. Take a look at the airline industry and uh, the amount of fees that they hit you with. One of the things they do is they say, you know, hey, jump on our credit card. We'll give you that first bag for free. Plus, we'll give you 20,000 miles or something silly like that. But what they want is you to use it again and again and again and again and again. So um, I think you're going to start seeing more... Uh, integration of some of these apps as well. So as far as like insurance is now going to be the next big thing. At one point in time, we were like, okay, we could buy stocks online on an app. Sure. Oh, we could do banking. Sure. We could take a look at your credit report. Yeah. Well, why not go with insurance as well? So I think you're going to be looking at um, more testing, like I said, of self-driving cars on public roads without a driver behind the wheel. You're seeing buses in Finland do it. You're seeing campus shuttles in Massachusetts, taxis in Singapore, Ubers testing in in various states at this point in time. So you're going to see more and more of that. And I've recently done some business travel and given some speeches, and it's quite interesting because when you look at your Uber drivers or your Lyft drivers, whichever one you choose, you sometimes could find like, whoa, um, for instance, if I'm in no rush and I'm coming from the airport and I know it's a, you know, 15 mile run, drive, I'll do the Uber line or the Uber pool. And, uh, recently shared a, a car with a young lady who is probably 23, pretty tattooed up. And she was heading off to a coffee store to make coffee in a very rich neighborhood for basically rich women. Picked her up in a rundown home, not a trailer, but pretty close, dropping her off at a high-end coffee store. And uh, it, it, it dawned on me, like, this is probably as good as it's going to get for her. Uh, probably not a lot of education with, and again, am I associating tattoos with education? Yeah, sure. And is that improper of me to do? Yeah, sure. Probably some people out there have the highest IQs that are all tattooed up, but she didn't look like one of them. And I was thinking, wow, when the driverless car comes, she's screwed. So uh, the amount of people that, you know, more and more people are 
automating that whole process. Um, because when you start getting the driver's cars, you're also starting to get the kiosks. So uh, more kiosks equal fewer low-paying jobs. Now, the administration that we have in power is starting to talk about more vocational training, which is interesting. It's, if they're going to try to skew it towards the high end like Germany does, Germany. Um, so other big stories of note, I think uh, sometime in 2017, you're going to see Apple and Samsung release their own artificial intelligent-powered smart home speakers, and 10 million of the devices will be sold in 2017. Amazon's great, and Amazon's come up with uh, various speakers and various products like the Kindle, which it doesn't sell very well. So there's still more demand for other product out there. And the people that sell the most, you know, bulk technology items to me are Apple and Samsung. So the Amazon Echo was one of the hottest devices in 2016. Google's competitor, Google Home, is on the market. But both those companies are kind of backseat players when it comes to hardware. Now, again, they got the first ones out there. And will Apple and Samsung have enough developers uh, doing their powered speaker hubs? But you're going to see it, and it will be this year. And it might maybe sooner than later because Apple has this thing that sometimes they like to release product earlier in the year that's not quite their, you know, their, their base product for the back half of the year and back to school. So a lot of Internet of Things devices. More and more. Um, a lot of people expressing concern about some of the vulnerabilities of Internet of Things. So I went to a vacation home not too long ago, and uh, the thermostat was being controlled because it was a cold environment. It was being controlled from the distance. So the people that rented out the home were like, okay, you don't have to turn up and down the thermostat. We'll do that for you after you leave. So the moment we left, you know, boom, it's down to 57 degrees kind of thing. Warm enough to keep the pipes warm, but not warm enough to keep the house warm. Anyhow, and anyway, you get the idea. A lot of security issues there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey update. Sports always a great distraction, especially in the world of politics and investing and getting you to retirement. We're lucky enough to be the home of the San Jose Barracuda here at AM 1220 KDOW. With that out there, we also have the voice of the Barracuda today, Nick Nolenberger. Nick, how are you? Good. How you doing, Rob? Doing well. Again, congratulations on a great season going so far. Saw Thank you on you very t- much. Yeah. I saw you on TV what? last weekend. <laughs> yeah, they try to get me on once a month. You know, talk uh, talk Barracuda hockey and just give us a little bit of extra publicity. So it's great. It's fun for me too. So, and let me stop and go backwards. The San Jose Barracuda AHL affiliate of the NHL San Jose Sharks, and I was watching a Sharks game uh, over the weekend, midday. You were there because it was a doubleheader kind of scenario for the Sharks and the Barracuda, and I pleasantly surprised you. Did a great job. Uh, not easy getting on television versus radio, is it? Oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, but yeah, it's fun for me definitely to be, you know. Within the Sharks organization, again, this is a, you know, I grew up in the area, so it's just, it's surreal one. But I get those opportunities and get to talk about the team in that type of setting is, it's really fun. It's kind of interesting. You, uh, 
Hockey radio people. I'm uh, pseudo-friends with Dan Rusnowski, i.e. I've been to one dinner with him. Not really friends, never been to his house, didn't do the pig roast last year. Uh, but he can talk hockey pretty much so nonstop, and it's kind of a very nostalgic angle everyone in radio broadcasting takes with uh, hockey. It's, uh, it's a good time because it's a, there's a homespun kind of feel to it. Yeah, I mean, Dan is like no other. Um, I've looked up to Dan since I was a little, little kid. Um, there's no one in the game that's better at what he does. Uh, uh, he's, he's, you know, what we call the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I mean, I, me personally feel that way. But yeah, Dan, Dan is just, he's an encyclopedia of hockey knowledge and, um, he'll just pull stuff out of his cap that you're like, how did you know that? It's, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, but I guess when you're around the game as long as he's been and, um, I guess hopefully one day that'll be my case too, then, then uh, you've experienced everything, so you can talk about it. Absolutely. So uh, the Barracuda had that big 14-game winning streak snapped a couple weeks ago, but they seem to get right back up. Uh, they lost a couple in there, but they're winning more than they're losing right now. It's uh, a yeah, good, sure. good time to be saying that heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it is. Uh, points in uh, 20 of the last 21, uh, the best winning percentage in the American Hockey League, best home winning percentage, the best road winning percentage, a win tonight clinches a playoff spot. Uh, regulation win. So um, there's no team playing better in the league right now than San Jose, and it's been uh, quite the ride to be a part of it. But a team just starts rolling and everything's working. Uh, it's uh, it's really like no other. And you just, I think for the guys, they have this kind of not not overconfidence, but this this uh, confidence in their ability and as a team that you know every single night they can they can pick up a win. So uh, to be a part of that is it's been pretty fun. Absolutely. Now, how many games will the Barracuda play this year? Because I've grown up with baseball, I could say it's 162. I've grown up with football, I could say 16. I've grown up with NHL hockey, and I could 82. Um, but AHL does something a little bit different this year for the Pacific Coast teams, or not just this year, but in general. Yeah, it's uh, so once they brought all those teams out west, the agreement was among NHL organizations was that this is going to be more on the developmental side than actually playing games. So um, they play almost a full schedule out east in the west, though. We play 68 games, and it's an abbreviated schedule. So that's why I mentioned we have the best winning percentage in the league and the best home and road because we actually make the playoffs off winning percentage uh, because those teams outside of the Pacific Division play a bigger schedule. So... Um, it, it allows, I think, for, for these teams, especially because most of them are traveling a lot farther than, than those East Coast teams that are going from one, you know, uh, town to the other that's only a couple hours away. You know, we've got Stockton and that's it. And then, you know, we've got to go all the way down to Southern California, Texas, Arizona. So, um, it allows for travel too for these guys that they can, you know, continue to get more ice time practice wise and develop their games because really that's what we are. We're a developmental league. We're trying to get these guys ready for the National Hockey League. And, um, that that was the philosophy behind playing the abbreviated schedule. So you got a big home and home uh, schedule this week with the uh, Barracuda, I believe. Um, not with Barracuda, with Stockton. <laughs> of course, the Barracuda. So you're not switching teams yet. Uh, but anyway, what, what can we look forward to this weekend? Yeah, it's always a rivalry when you get the two Northern California teams. And Stockton looked uh, dead and out of it about a month ago, but they've stormed back, started to play some really good hockey. Uh, they snapped San Jose's 15-game point streak. Um, you know, they're a gritty bunch. Maybe not as much talent as San Jose has, but they're going to come out. They're going to try to get you off your game. Uh, they play a very physical type of uh, brand of hockey, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get under your skin, try to, you know, especially with San Jose, as much talent and depth they have. The goal is, you know, we're going to try to bump you off your game, get under your skin, frustrate you, and have you retaliate. And then, you know, they've got you exactly where they want you. So it should be a fun uh, battle. It always is between those two teams. 
Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward. Again, I mentioned a win tonight in regulation for San Jose clinches the first playoff spot. So uh, there's a lot on the line, too. It's going to be, a, I expect, a playoff-type atmosphere and a, and a playoff-type uh, mentality for both sides. That's good to know because uh, there's still another month left of hockey, but having that time to know that you're in psychologically probably help Coach Roy Sommer uh, plan for the playoffs and plan for his uh, staffing needs as far as resting players and such. But tonight it's at home game in St- uh, here in San Jose at the SAP Center versus the Stockton Heat, 7 o'clock game. Tickets are available. You can go to sjbarracuda.com. Then you're not home for a couple of weeks. Uh, you're not home until uh, end of March, start of April. So you kind of have a this last road stretch ahead of you, and then uh, it's kind of a home stretch down to the, down to the finals. Yeah, we have some good. We got a good little road trip coming up. Uh, San Diego is always fun. Uh, I mean, the guys enjoy being down in Southern California this time of year too. The weather, and then you know we make another trip out to Tucson. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's quite a bit of travel coming up, and I think the road it, it hasn't phased this team this year. Whether they're at home or whether they're on the road, they've been able to find ways to win. Um, just last weekend, there was a doubleheader back-to-back game. San Jose played um, at night on Saturday against Grand Rapids. The Sharks had played the day before. And then the Barracuda played the afternoon game on Sunday. And those are the two top teams of the Western Conference behind San Jose is Grand Rapids and San Diego. And those are the two kind of pivotal. Those weekends are the pivotal ones that you look at and you think, maybe this is going to be the weekend that we sputter. We lose a couple games in a row. Well, they picked up a shutout victory against Grand Rapids, a one nothing shootout win, and then they turned right back around and they shut out the San Diego goals, 3 nothing, a goals team that uh, is as tough as it gets on San Jose's schedule. So um, this is a resilient team. It, it, every time it seems like there's going to be a stretch in the schedule where you know they might sputter, it just has not been the case. And uh, you cross your fingers that it's not going to happen at this time of year because you're getting near playoffs, but... It just doesn't seem like that's the case. This team just continues to find ways to win. Speaking with Nick Nolenberger, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, you can hear him live tonight on KDOW AM 1220 as he does the play-by-play. I love play-by-play, play-by-play radio. I used to grow up on the East Coast listening to the Washington Capitals and Ron Weber. Uh, those cold, snowy days where you get six, seven, eight inches of snow and sitting behind the couch and listening to hockey. Pretty magical stuff with headphones on, so... It, it brings back good memories to me, and I think it's a very great, it's a great visual game to listen to on radio. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, you know, you, that's my my job is to try to describe the play. So when you're not watching the game, that you're visualizing it, and you know, I've got to try to make sure I, I include every minute detail so you can start picturing it, paint a picture in your head, and um, you know, that's that's the simple goal as a broadcaster to try to make sure that the fans know where the puck is and what's going on and continue to inform. And that's why I think Dan's so good at what he does. And, you know, um, just that's hopefully what what I've, I've been able to provide for the fans, too. But it's been pretty fun stuff this year. I'm looking through the roster, and every single Barracuda player was born after I finished high school. It's very, very depressing, Nick. Um, good, <laughs> good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, go Barracuda. Tickets still available for tonight's game at sjbarracuda.com, sjbarracuda.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Black now, 800-516-1220.
That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Something I think will happen this year is Twitter will be acquired. I think digital media and media are going to run more into each other on a regular basis. You just have to think that way because ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, you keep hearing about how ratings aren't what they used to be. Where are the eyeballs? They're typically on digital media. So you're going to see companies like ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox go out and acquire companies. One of them will be Twitter. One of them down the road could be Snap or a major partnership between maybe a Comcast, which uh, owns obviously a lot of cable networks and uh, cable company, and a Snap. Uh, I think consumers are spending more and more time, and as we spend more time on our devices, advertisers are saying, "Let's let's play with this. Let's think about this. Now, one of the big problems is that digital advertising is terribly, terribly not uh, effective yet for most groups. I'll give you a quick example. You know, I do seminars. You can find out about them at Rob Black Show. I buy some Facebook ads on, you know, hey, come into the seminar, and I'll give free Facebook code, which is different than the free radio code, and Facebook's not working. So now me posting on Facebook as far as my groups go, that works, but buying the ads doesn't. Um, so that's worthy of note. And I, again, we're just moving more and more towards, um, online areas. I think you'll see Roku come public this year. Uh, Google and Facebook have emerged as clear winners at this point in time, controlling roughly two thirds of the global ad revenue for digital. Digital giants like Netflix are going to expand their household presence while social platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat aggressively invest in video first strategies. So you're going to start seeing, um, like I said, I think you'll see some large telecommunication companies. You're seeing um, that already play out where there was a period of time where we didn't know what a company was in digital media. And kind of what I'm talking about there is, you know, is a digital is a telecommunication company a phone company or are they a content company? You're already starting to see AT&T say, you know, we want Time Warner. And, you know, integration of content. Comcast, who has cable, also has cable channels, but they also have, like, the Philadelphia 76ers and some other pro- properties. Um, so, so you're going to see more of that, in my opinion, where Disney has to get that interactive presence right because they're losing eyeballs. So, and one of the areas where they lose the eyeballs most fastest is ESPN. ESPN. Uh, ESPN is going through another uh, round of downsizing. And I think ESPN for me, just to show you why I, I, I totally get that advertising works. I used to care about sports from age 18 to 35. And now I'm at the point now where I, I don't play for the team. And yeah, I, I still like hockey playoffs and things like that. I refuse to go to games unless they kind of matter. Except for baseball. Baseball to me is a nice day in the sunshine. If it turns out to be a nice day in the sunshine. Uh, drinking beer in the sun? Is there anything better? Okay. 
So I don't think so. Anyway, so smaller digital media targets um, are eager to partner with larger ones uh, because that partnership to equal big, you know, small amount of revenue to them is big. So I think Twitter, like I said, gets uh, acquired this year. You know, potential purchase of Twitter was heavily rumored last year. Uh, one of the things that's a problem with Twitter is they're really trying to focus on it is the trolls. It's so easy to get on Twitter and you know, just totally, you know, attack people. I remember in 2006, I was talking about the real estate market being too hot. And it doesn't always go up because if it always went up, you'd only have winners. And the world isn't made up of only winners. There's people who live in trailer parks for a reason. And I, I made some commentary on, on real estate. I like real estate, generally speaking, but I don't like it always going up. I don't want everyone winning. I don't want the guy in a trailer to go, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to buy me two trailers. And suddenly he's wealthy. And he's like cashing out of that and buying in Santa Cruz and the hills. No, thank you. I like some losers to be created with my winners. But anyway, so I remember back in 2006, I was talking a little bit about, you know, it, it too too much too fast. That's all I said. And people got on like Craigslist. I know you're saying Craigslist. It's always the weird trolls out there on the weird platforms. And they were talking about, like, popping my eye out and doing things to my body. Like, I found it kind of sexy and fun, but other people were worried for me. Um, So I've gone on to a little bit of a lower profile in life, although really how low of a profile can I get when I'm at the gym a couple weeks ago and someone screams out, Hey, it's Rob Black, Cron 4! And like, I'm naked. So you can't keep that low of a profile. I'm very important. I'm very important, but please don't make eye contact with me when I'm naked. Um, so credible threats have emerged to Google and Facebook's digital ad um, dominance. That's something we're starting to, you know, ask questions about. Does Snapchat, does Amazon have that ability to uh, pull eyeballs? Amazon's Alexa assistant, you know, it's going to chip away at Google's fortress around text-based search, you know, ushering in a new ultimate uncontested battleground for voice-based advertising. And I said... I have to think I would be, you know, I would. Tim Cook should get fired if Apple doesn't come up with some sort of Siri-based speaker. And the AirBot, AirPods, um, the technology that Apple has that other companies like Amazon doesn't uh, to sync things fast is pretty amazing. So anyway, I think you're going to see virtual reality. A lot of people talk about how it's going to be the next hotbed for content. And I was pretty fascinated to hear that CEO of Valve basically said, right now, virtual reality sucks, and we're one of the leaders of virtual reality. But the emotional-driven storytelling that you could be done with is pretty amazing. And I think you're going to start seeing some retail stores offer more things like, come on in and see the virtual reality. Best Buy did it, but pulled it back. But retail stores now have to have some sort of event to get me to come in. Because the day and age of going into Macy's to get a jacket and a shirt and tie are over. Their customer service was so bad. You know, they staff one person for like 40 customers and you always had to be that jerk who kind of like stood in front of people and tried to cut people off or, you know, race to the store first. So you're seeing more of that going. Um, GoPro. I saw recently that, you know, they're one of those media companies. Are they a media company or are they a camera company? Right, And then you take a look at Snap and you go, are they a social platform or are they a camera company? Um, but I think GoPro gets taken out at some point this year. They've downsized their company pretty aggressively. 
still not to the point where they're going to make money in 2017, but maybe it's a 2018 story. Um, and people got excited about GoPro. That's one thing that I always want people to be very cautious on is what, what I would refer to as story stocks. In the end, when you look at GoPro, it's a camera company, right? And how much are you willing to pay for a camera company? A bank that earns more money every year over year and buys back shares, I'm like, I'm excited by that. But a camera company that's product-driven, hit-driven, why buy GoPro when you can buy Apple? So, in my opinion, you can't only stretch yourself so thin. So, over-the-top video is a trend that's going on out there. So, offering streamers more content that's TV-like. Uh, 2016, 2017, you're seeing over 425 scripted television shows being developed. And it's a great time to be a television writer. It's a great time to be a television actor because there's so much content out there trying to find homes. You know, when you see on Yahoo that there's a parody of The Bachelor, and you're like, do we really need a parody of The Bachelor? Do we even need The Bachelor? Isn't The Bachelor sending the worst possible message to people on the planet? Be vapid. Judge people on their looks. Fall in love on television. Fall in love while you're on a a date to Sweden in a private jet. Because your life is going to be filled with dates to Sweden and private jet. Exciting. I refuse to go on a cruise. There's two things that I refuse. I refuse to get reading glasses until I can't read. And I refuse to get on a, a cruise. They're both signs of age. And there's no going back. Once you've been on a cruise, you're tainted. Like having a cat as a guy. You have a cat. Yeah, I have a cat. Oh. You've you've been on a cruise. Ooh. Okay. So, um, 800-516-1220. Roku's one of those device makers that you always wonder, like, why haven't they come public? Um, I've got a Roku 3. I know you're saying he's kind of a big deal. He's got a Roku 3. Isn't it like 29 or $39? Yes. But I'm always fascinated by the number of channels that are on there, and most of them are just trash, right? But, but, Apple TV has done something pretty smart, and i got to imagine other companies are going to do this as well. Apple TV is now willing to take a look at your comp- your TV and see that you've got a subscription to Netflix, see that you've got a subscription to HBO, and they can line up different TV lineups for you from all your various devices. So it's kind of like a TV guide of subscriptions that we have out there. And uh, there's some things on Roku, like uh, the Museum Channel or something along those lines. But the content's okay. But anyway, I'm digressing. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and Facebook, Cron4 Rob Black. Oh, don't forget, I do these little Facebook Live videos, typically on Fridays, either at KDOW on Facebook, KDOW Radio, or on my Cron4 Rob Black page, Cron4 Rob Black Facebook. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Like hipster music, lumineers, strumbellas. I'm the furthest thing from a hipster. I don't have great hair. I don't have an awesome beard. I don't wear suspenders. Don't buy my clothes used. Not against that. Buy my skiing clothes used. Stuff to get pricey. And when I talk about skin clothes, I'm talking about the outerwear, not the innerwear. Anything that touches my skin is pretty new. Anyway, I know you're saying, that's fascinating, Rob, but how can I make money off that? Did I just teach you how to save $1,000 on a ski outfit? I think I did. Um, so Apple's AirPods, uh, it's going to be a pretty big category. And they're sold out. You have to wait three to six weeks for them at this point in time. Did you know that Apple's iPad sold out at Christmas? A lot of people didn't know that. So Apple missed the boat on voice-controlled home assistants, like the Echo and the Google Home. But the company's capturing some interest in hands-free communications, though it's still sold-out AirPod earphones. Um, I find them to be intriguing when I see them. Um, Let's say I'm getting lunch. Lunch at the club. Little chick Caesar. Uh, heavy on the chick. And I see someone sitting there with him. I'm like, how do you like him? Uh, and so far, everyone absolutely loves them. Now, Apple has had so much money and they've had so much R&D for such a long period of time that they're offering, I think, some pretty cool things inside the AirPods. Maybe not yet, but soon. They've talked about the biometric tracking capabilities that can measure your heart rate and measure other things through your ear. Um, AirPods do allow you to play music and dictate messages without tapping on a phone or even the pods themselves. Um, The process of doing that needs some improvement, but it's moving in the right direction. AirPods aren't perfect, but they are a category now that we're starting to give a, a name to. And again, you know about wearables, right? Where you have a, a wristwatch and you can wear a computer kind of thing. These, This new wave is called hearables. Hearables for two reasons. Obviously, it's tied to your jewelry ear, but also tied towards your voice. So, um, and it's pretty compelling, in my opinion, not to have your phone out in front of you. I dated a woman once, and she was... Pretty funny. She said, you know, one of the things I really like about you is you don't always have your phone out. And I was like, really? Okay, that's that's cute. You know, it's check mark from me. I didn't know I was doing it, but I'll say check mark from me. And uh, having the ear pods in, uh, if I'm sitting in a business meeting, it goes, you've got mail. And I tap on it, and it tells me what my mail is, or tells me what the text message is. I like that idea much, much more than pulling out my phone. Uh, now, again, is it 
all that in a bucket of chicken, will people pay 150 bucks for it? I think so. So the problem with voice control devices is they're not always accurate, and we're moving in that direction. There was recently a test between a human typist and a human dictating it to Siri and Siri won um, for the first time ever. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I guess I'll get nervous when Siri says something like, Robert, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, uh-oh, did you just say that? We were tiny talking, Tina. I'm, I'm dating myself because I grew up at a time where there was only three television networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. And then there's things like the Channel 20s, the Outliers, uh, who they couldn't really afford great programming. So they get like old Twilight Zones. And Tiny Talking Tina was a doll that would say, hi, I'm Tiny Talking Tina. And I love you. And by the end of the episode, it's, hi, I'm Tiny Talking Tina, and I'm going to kill you. So I miss the golden age of TV. <laughs> no, I don't. My name is Talking Tina. Your name is Talking Tina. My name is Talking Tina. He's alive, Daddy. Little Twilight Zone for you. So um, one thing that I like to do is study companies that I admire. And Disney is a great company for everyone to look at. Uh, Apple's a great company for everyone to look at. Some of the things that they did right, some of the things they did wrong. Um, Apple's had big, big mistakes. Huge mistakes. Do you remember the Newton? Uh, but Disney CEO Iger has come in and he's really taken that movie studio and he, he took it to the next level. Um, before him, there was a guy named Eisner. And Eisner did good. I mean, Disney's a tough property to, to mess up. But if you take a look at the last set of strings of movies coming out of Disney, whether it be the Disney Studios themselves, whether it be Pixar, whether it be Marvel, whether it be Star Wars, um, heavy, heavy integration with marketing and heavy integration with product uh, sales to go along with it. So when you take a look at Frozen, how long ago did Frozen come out? Many, many, many years ago. Back when I was in high school, I think. Uh, okay, maybe not that long, but the Frozen dresses... Disney gets a cut of the action on that, and they don't—they're not in the dress business, and they don't come anywhere near that stuff. They just license a name, and kids are like, "I want to be a Frozen princess." So, so they're in the dress market, of which those things aren't cheap. So, not that I know from experience. It's not like I'm dressing up as a Disney princess or doing any sort of cosplay. Another thing in my life that I missed—no cosplay. So, take a look at Iger. At Disney, I think he's going to run for president one day. And I think he's one of those CEOs that the world respects. Be pretty interesting if he did. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. It's funny how some distance makes it. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.